The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. We're at the midpoint of our 2017 adventure in faith. Your essential spark, igniting a yes-powered, soul-stirring vision. Our core message, there is a spark in every one of us. It is a spark of divine spirit. It is the creative spark, the vibrant life spark in you. This spark contains the sacred coding of your soul. It is the God seed at the very center of your being. And to journey into your heart and rediscover and rekindle this spark is to allow a higher vision to move forth, the higher vision that wants to express in, through, and as you. For as it has been written, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, in our first Sunday of this, it was about a reunion, going into the heart and having a reunion with the spark that you knew as your original promise, uh, the original blessing of your being that, has, that contains so very much. We don't find our vision in our linear figure-it-out mind. We find it emerging in what matters most in our hearts. Last week, we then talked about a very important step in vision building, and that is called transcendence. And it's so very important to make sure that our visionary capabilities remain vibrant and powerful even in the dark times. It was to transcendence, a spark in the dark, to, to keep that visioning alive, even if we're going through a personal time of darkness or as we experience what many hold to be dark times uh, in, in all of us, in the, in the collective view of things. And last week we talked about when you're in the dark, you've got you to gotta face it, embrace it, replace it, and grace it. Now, I want to pause here and just share with you that all of these messages are available for the donation of your choice on CDs and the Works of Heart store. Uh, you can watch them online, uh, on the videos there online. Uh, and we'll probably be doing a cassette, uh, or not a cassette, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, but you ever remember those? Yeah. Yeah, we'll put together a CD package. Uh, I think we'll wait toward the end of the, the series, though, to put that together. What do you think? Think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, okay. That's what we're going to do. So today, our topic is combustion, igniting a white-hot vision. The late, great Joseph Campbell declared, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. The privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. Now, Now, the real question is whether we are honoring that greatest privilege in in authentic and fearless ways. Because really, we have to be willing to explore, to explore in the territory of the heart and open up to something deeper than we may ever have imagined, something deeper than we can know. Howard Carter was the English archaeologist who discovered King Tut's tomb. Now, he had a vision for this. He sensed it was there, and his vision was to find it, and he got a number of backers to back this excavation project. But as he dug and he dug and he dug in Egypt, he wasn't finding it, and backer after backer was was leaving the project. And in fact, his final backer called him and said he was pulling out of the project, but that he would fund it to the end of that week. 
Well, so they kept digging, and near the end of that week, they found it. They found the entrance into King Tut's tomb. And it's written that Howard Carter looked through a little opening in the tomb. And then he sealed the entrance, and he rushed into the village to a telegrapher there. And he telegraphed to that last backer the great news, he'd found the tomb. And as he finished that message, the telegrapher said, well, what did you see? Oh, and I love what he said. He was almost in a trance state. And he said, I see great and wonderful things I haven't even discovered yet. I see great and wonderful things I haven't even discovered yet. As we go to that spark in the heart, it reveals great and wonderful things we haven't even discovered yet. And yet the key to revealing those things is to commit to a vision-led life, a vision-driven life, a vision-inspired life. Now, as we really do that, and I pray that that's something you're really exploring during this series, as we explore a vision-driven life, it really brings us to some pretty deep self-assessment. It calls us to confront our holding back, our tentativeness, our vagueness about what we're about. To look at the ways that we buy in to limitations, excuses, uh, self-judgments. The ways we uh, agree with struggle and obstacles on our path. Really to get in touch with how it is that we resign ourselves to a life much littler than the spirit within us desires to source. So much littler. And as we do this deep inner work, questions come up. Like we begin to realize, what if the better life I seek is actually a bigger life? And, And what if all that I yearn for, for my life, is seated in a vision that is simply waiting for my permission, waiting for my yes And we get to that place and there can be this epiphany. And we realize, why not now? You know, life is way too short. Why not now? Why not journey to that place where the original promise and that childlike amazement with life holds a vision for something for me? Why not explore and and give in to the magic that is there for me? I love that Jack London, he articulates this. I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than it should be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleepy and permanent planet. A proper function of a person is to live, not to exist. I shall use my time. So powerful. Oh, and then author Bryce Courtney, he echoes in, Before you die, you have to dare your genius to walk the wildest unknown way. So imagine... Imagine being impelled forward by a white-hot 
vision. Now, not a lukewarm longing. That's what most people have going on in their life. Lukewarm longings. Imagine being impelled forward by a white, hot vision. A supercharged, soul-sourced, heart-stirring vision. That, that spark in your heart ablaze. Imagine it. And what would it like, be like to walk in your days with that going on? You know, what that requires is what I'm calling radical availability. Radical availability. Isaiah was perhaps the greatest of the prophets to the children of Israel. And as Isaiah was realizing that he was designed and destined to be a voice of the divine, a voice of God to the people, as well as to rulers, and not even knowing where that would lead him and the challenges it would bring to him, still as he sensed that calling, he simply declared, Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. And that's radical availability. That's what allows the vision within us to begin to be fanned into a flame and then more and more into a blaze of something that just impels you forward and attracts to you and guides you. No one of us knows the entire journey of our lives. But when we've got a sense of vision, then we know that all the chapters and the stops along the way of the journey of our lives will be perfect. And in ways we know not of, will align to a greater vision unfolding by means of us. A white, hot vision. Well, I want to pause here at this point and uh, ask a wonderful, wonderful friend and uh, contributor here to Mile High Church to come on up here. Uh, he has served these past nearly five years as our executive director. You may have seen him um, on Channel 9 during his day. <laughs> I bring to you Greg Moss. Good morning. Oh, you want me on this side? Yeah, okay. have a seat. I don't know, following Isaiah, that's kind of a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, um, many know that you are moving to uh, a new position. Uh, what in the world is this frivolous thing you're going to go do? Uh, medical marijuana, Roger. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> no um, I have been uh, called uh, to uh, help lead an organization up in my, my community in northern Colorado, the uh, North uh, Metro North Chamber of Commerce as their president and CEO. Okay. All right. We'll let you. <laughs> Greg, you know, you're, you're an amazing being, and, and I just first of all want to thank you, and I know I echo uh, sentiments of the ministers and the staff who adore you, um, for, for these almost five years, you've brought such vitality and vigorousness. Helped me out so much. Helped our ministerial team. Helped all of us. And, and really vaulted us forward in such ways. So um, 
though we feel abandoned, we still know <laughs> that we're enormously appreciative oh, well, thank you. You know, of everything it, you've done. Well, it's, it's um, you know, this is not the end of the journey. I mean, uh, people, um, as Monty Python said, I'm not dead yet. Um, <laughs> but I will be here on Sundays, as long as you'll continue to have me here on Sundays. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just been a, an honor to walk uh, the journey to get to this point. And yeah. Yeah. Um, it is not me. I mean, it's just it's these two beautiful beings back here. It's you. It's the entire this entire community. What an amazing group of people! It is. So yeah. thank you all, and uh, let's keep on walking, or yeah. shall we say, run? Let's run. Yeah, let's get up and run. You know, it's a, you've got you've got to have the seed of vision in your life because you didn't train for a lot of what has gone on, and yet you gave yourself to something that has sent you forward. Tell, tell me what you think that is. Well, uh, there's a pattern. In my, my wife is not here right now, and, and many people who meet my wife for the first time who've had a chance to work with me call her Saint Britta uh-huh, yeah. uh, because of uh, my life has never taken a straight course. It has been yeah. full of zigs and zags. And uh, no, I have not trained for anything. Um, I had to, never. I mean, I went to school, but I went to school to lose my southern accent. But um, <laughs> when, I, when I first started at Channel 9, I had never been in television news before. I had never been on television. Um, many people said that you wouldn't be able to do that, but I had set a vision that that was important, um, that I was having a calling to do that, and I did it. What was the nature of that calling? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell was I thinking? Um, (laughs) No, the calling, um, as as I look back on that, um, I was much younger and had hair to my shoulders at that time, but... Really? um, Don't don't go there. Um, uh, It was a calling to be able to connect with people, and yeah, to tell yeah. stories and to um, mm, energize a community. And so at that, uh, f- really from then and even prior to then, uh, there's been three things that have always driven me. It's uh, community, it's connection, and it's collaboration. Oh, yeah. Uh, and those are just at the center of my core. Well, you've brought that to us. And, and, and then I know that you felt like your time at, at nine was done. And, yeah. And the, the industry was changing enormously. And then... We went to lunch and all sorts of <laughs> I took him to Elway's. And, I, uh, and by the way, I, I got stuck with the tab. Uh, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> He's a good minister. Um, no, five years before I left Nine News, I sat down with the management team there and said, this is my last contract. Um, I am going to leave. And have you ever given five years' notice? <laughs> That's the stupidest thing ever. But, it's, uh, but I just needed to be uh, authentic and yeah. be in alignment and just say, listen, this has been a wonderful thing, but I know I'm going to be open to something. And when it comes, it will come. And it came at that lunch. And I have uh, no idea why. I was not looking for that. But, uh, you know, we had fallen in such deep love with this community and your mm-hmm. vision and where things were going. And I thought, gosh, if I could contribute just a little bit, um, I'd like to do that. And unbeknownst to you, for several years, I'd been praying in the right person to really take that position and, and uh, spread their wings. You're still it. looking. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so now uh, something else is called, and uh, uh, I wish you all the best in that. I know that those things you're about uh, are going to thrive, and um, now I get to put you on all sorts of volunteer teams and, uh, and do all of that, which you know I will do. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg. Um, thank you. I love you. I um, am deeply, deeply grateful. And you may all not know the effect he's had here at Mile High, but it's, it's been enormous. 
So he will be standing with Erica and me out there in the greeting line for you to, to lavish with your love and praise and just get the sense of the vision that keeps working its way through this wonderful being. Yes. Greg and Moss. thank you, thank you, thank you all. Love and bless Greg Moss. Thank you, brother. I love you too, Greg. Thanks. Well, these things aren't ever easy for me. But you know what? One thing that I, I teach is there is no private good. Remember that. If, if this is good for Greg, it's good for us too, in a way we will reveal. There is no private good. So, in concluding this today, it's about kindling a white-hot vision. It's becoming three things, in my mind. It's becoming vision-struck, risk-ready, and zeal-powered, all right? First of all, to have a white-hot vision, you've got to get vision-struck, meaning that you so commune with your heart, and a vision unfolds, and you, you become enamored with it. You become captivated with this vision, even though you may have no idea what the roadmap is. You may have no idea even what your first steps will be, or the ones beyond that, and yet something in you wraps your heart around that vision because you see the beauty in it. It's seeing the beauty, the rightness, the timeliness, the goodness, the benefit of this vision to you and no doubt others around you. And you become vision struck. Now maybe it's a vision for greater peace in the world, a vision for being a place of love in the world, uh, a vision for healthy living. Well, it doesn't matter what the vision is. And it doesn't mean that, that you're going to do gigantic things that make the newsprint. What it means, though, is you're about something authentically right to you. Maybe it's that in your love you decide to organize the planning of a community garden. Maybe you, you choose to become a grandparent figure to a child that doesn't have one. Maybe you, you go forward and, and really dive into ecological support to give back to this planet who has, that, that has sustained every one of us. Maybe you do get involved in big projects for nonviolence or peace or social justice if it moves in your heart and it's real and you're struck by it. Or maybe it's you give your art to the world, finally. You take that project off a back burner that's been haunting you for, for so long and you say yes maybe you write that book your vision struck you can't not when you get to this place when that vision is so white hot I remember in my early days as a minister as I had a, assimilated this teaching I was just so vision struck I just so loved this teaching and I had no idea where it would lead me or if I would even uh, do well at it but I knew I loved it with every ounce of my being, and I still do. I'm still struck by how much the world could profit by this teaching. I'm still struck by a teaching that tells somebody that there's so much worthiness in them, so much richness in them. They're not sinners and worms of the dust, but they're God's creation, God's children. I'm struck by a teaching that tells us of our co-creative capacities, to create the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is what the great teacher wanted us to do. Not worship him, but emulate him. 
I'm struck by a teaching that can build bridges between the faiths, build bridges between peoples and their differences, and comes along and says, we cherish differences. It's the richness of God in multiple expression, the oneness in great expression. I'm still struck by a teaching that believes that life is good and beautiful and precious and everybody is sacred. And I don't know where that'll lead me any more than I did four decades ago. But the vision is powerful. And may you find something like that and not douse it by your need to know how it's all going to turn out. Don't douse the flame by thinking that you don't know how or you've got too many encumbrances and too many responsibilities and too much and too much. Don't douse that flame. Let it, let it be white hot. The resources will be provided. The way will be shown. That I know. That I know. I got a letter um, early in the year from a wonderful young lady uh, in our congregation. I actually watched her grow up uh, you hang around long enough, you, can, you see that happening. <laughs> Dear Dr. Roger, I'm writing to share some really exciting news with you. Back in December, you ended one of your messages with the statement, you are not here to explain your life, you are here to exclaim your life. This phrase impacted me more than almost anything I've ever heard. After that service, I went to breakfast with my dad, and we talked about how unhappy I was at my job. And how, that talk, how your talk that Sunday had inspired me to finally do something about it. I was tired of staying in my comfort bubble and knew that it was time to follow my passion. That passion has evolved since college into a passion for health and wellness. Well, she writes on that her, her father took her to breakfast and they talked about that. And he invited her to an event he had heard about uh, that dealt with that kind of thing. And, and so she said yes, and she went to that event. And as will happen when we say yes to a vision, things start connecting us. The, the, the tapestry gets woven, and she met somebody who told her about a, a wonderful school that you could enroll in. Um, it's called the Institute uh, for Integrative Nutrition. She learned how incredible this program is. She enrolled immediately. Uh, she quit her former job and then went looking for a job to support her while she was uh, creating the kind of education that she would need. She did, in fact, find such a job. It paid her about $20,000 a year less than her former one, had none of the benefits, the great benefits she used to enjoy. But she knew it was right. She knew that this was the right way to go forward in her life. And, and she just kept, in her letter, saying, I just kept that phrase in my mind. I'm not here to explain my life. I'm here to exclaim my life. She interviewed for that job on a Friday. was given it on Monday. She concludes her letter, I can't remember the last time I got so excited about a job offer. Because you see, it was supporting a greater vision. It wasn't a demotion. It was a promotion of her vision. I know that building my health coaching business will be hard work, but I know it's what I'm passionate about, and as long as I trust spirit, the rest will follow. I cannot wait to change lives through health and wellness coaching. Thanks again for all that you teach us. It has changed my life as well as so many others. Vision struck. Vision struck. When you are vision struck, then you're going to be risk ready. You're going to be ready to take the leaps that are called of you into the vast unknown. 
and probably leaping without the realization of a net, although there is that in life which calls you, to leap forward in this life, definitely outside one's comfort zones. It's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Uh, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. When you go, when you say yes to a vision, you're outside of where you're comfortable, for sure. Maya Angelou wrote about a wonderful lady, Ms. Annie Johnson. It was 1903 in Arkansas. She uh, was uh, an African-American. She'd been deserted by her husband. She had several children to raise. She had no way to support them. And something in her just could not fathom the idea of going into domestic labor and being away from her children for most of the day. So she started to dream. She went to her heart. And she dreamed of two things, of being an entrepreneur and also being an excellent mom. Then the ideas started unfolding. That's what happened. And her first idea was to take a little oil cooker, a brazier, and some oil and go to a place right in between two factories. And she did that. And this, doing this to sell her beef pies would be a great risk. She'd, this had never been done before. Uh, there could be unknowns just, um, confronting her. But she went anyway, and she lit the thing and got the oil hot and put the, the beef pies in the oil, and the, the fragrance started wafting to these two places. And when the lunch bell rang, she had no problem selling all of the pies that she had Uh, And these hungry workers made this a very successful venture. And then it morphed into becoming a little stall with other kinds of supplies available. Ultimately, it became a wonderful store right there in that very same place. All from a decision not to take the lesser and to open up to a vision. And Annie wrote, I looked up the road I was going and back the way I had come And since I wasn't satisfied, I decided to step off the road and cut me a new path. You willing to step off the road and cut you a new path? That's to be risk ready. See, there's a principle here. And it's that if you follow spirit without hesitation, the universe will rearrange itself to accommodate your picture of reality. Get risk ready. And finally, you got to remember that a white hot vision is zeal powered. Zeal powered. That means that in your love of this thing, you stand in a place of great enthusiasm and great zeal and great passion, such that you're fueled forward. And even if you fall down, there's that enthusiasm that has you get up and dust yourself off and leap forward again. One of my favorite affirmations was penned by Charles Fillmore, uh, who with his wife Myrtle founded the New Thought Movement of Unity. And he wrote at one point in his 90s, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm and go forth with a mighty faith to do the things that I ought to do this day. Isn't that beautiful? I want you leaving here fairly sizzling. With enthusiasm and zeal so that you can go forth to do the things that you ought to be done by you this day. You ready to sizzle? Yeah. It's kind of like the great missionary, Robert Livingston. Uh, He had such a vision 
for bring, bringing uh, healing to the suffering in Africa and building up the societies there. So he's making a presentation for funds to his home board. And as boards will do, they sat there and listened and said, well, that's really wonderful. That's a wonderful vision, and we commend you for even having it. But of course, it's impossible. And Livingston jumped up and he said, impossible? Is that all? Well, then in God's name, let's do it. <laughs> and that's the spirit of a white hot vision. In God's name, in the name of that spiritual spark in you, to go forth vision struck, risk ready, and zeal powered into an unknown abundance for you and a beauty for you. You know, gang, you came here for that. You came here not just to crawl through this life, but to discover something within and let it have its way. And I know that whatever that is for you, it'll be perfect. I'm inviting you to be perfectly, eminently, and gloriously you. You. Let's affirm this together. Toss those up there on the screen there, gang. I am vision-struck, risk-ready, and zeal-powered. Together. I am vision-struck, risk-ready, and zeal-powered.